Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Cutting Weight, episode number 10. Unbelievable. Double digits. Our baby's growing up. Absolutely, yeah. Hey, anything uh, interesting you guys want to talk about today? No, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah, good. All right. Let's, uh, let's take it back. <laughs> Just start uh, knocking these yeah. episodes out. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. I know uh, there's some things we need to talk about. It's absolutely on the tip of Shane and Jim's tongue, and, and uh, I'd be lying if I said I, I wasn't, uh, you know, regretting some of my choices in life in terms of fandom this week, but that'll turn around here soon. First of all, let's talk a little bit about what we're drinking. Uh, what's pouring tonight, Shane? Tell us a little bit about what you uh, were able to pick up and... Yeah, so uh, Speedway selection, not the greatest. Wow. But, Slumming uh, tonight. That's the only place on the way between my house and uh, Mike Stahl's house. So, yeah, this is we got something new here for us for the podcast. This is our first non-IPA. Boo. And I believe... Can I hold that for a second? <laughs> no. I just want to throw it against the wall. <laughs> and also, non-Ohio beer, I believe. I'll have to go, I'll have to go check the records. No, uh, we did three Floyds from Indiana. Oh, you're right. We did do three Floyds. All right, so we do Sweetwater Brewing Company from, uh, where are they from, Mike? Georgia. Georgia right? They're from Georgia. Um, yeah, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, fantastic. The ATL. Uh, this is their uh, extra pale ale. This has the big street sign, you know, interstate sign, established 420. Whoa. Hey, dude. 420. Oh, man. 420. Right. I think I sound like Tuck the Turtle from uh, Nemo. Okay. Edit Are you familiar with what 420 means, Shane? No, can you explain it to me? <laughs> I don't know exactly. What I, mean. I was supposed to smoke weed at 420. I don't know that. Oh. I think it's actually like the, uh, like if you get arrested for pot or something, isn't it like the, the, the cops? It like, might be. I got a 420 down here and yeah, a 100 like, pawpaw. That's what uh, a heavyweight friend of mine, I think, told me once in college. <laughs> yeah, red hair. <laughs> big big yeah. fella. Big fella? Yeah. I don't think the cops even care about weed anymore, do they? That's that's well, apparently not because two Browns guys got arrested last week for drag racing with weed in their car, and the <laughs> cops just tossed it out. Yeah. So, well, just, that's what that's what good cops do. I mean, if you're from if you're your hometown team, I mean, is that really going to cause right. any problems? It was Steelers week. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, you're not going to Steelers week. Yeah, playoffs, these guys aren't going to start. I mean, yeah. It says it's the, the you can count on this go-to OG pale ale being fresh, flavorful, and well balanced every time. If you if you know, you know. So now, and if you don't, now you, don't, you know. Okay. And if you don't know, you don't know. You're right, Jim. I think we should outlaw reading at this actual <laughs> podcast because every single one of us has a couple beers before we start, and then we have to read something. And we can generally talk. Generally, like. like like educated gentlemen, we got to start a list of rules for the podcast. I'll, I like to add that. I'm with you. We no, put it on the, no reading like, live. None of us can read live. Have no. you heard us? I mean, we're terrible. We, we read at like a third grade level. We'll, we'll, we'll get a sign and we'll put it up on the wall, the cutting weight cabin. So you know, we we know you know what our limitations are. Reading's one of them, obviously. Reading. Thou shall not read <laughs> during the podcast. <laughs> so. This, this beer in particular, I have a lot of history with this beer. I've lived in the South a lot. Um, I've lived in Georgia, and it's one of my, it's one of my favorites. In fact, when I, when I made that kegerator, that was one of the kegs that I bought because it's a good, it's a great, it's a great beer for any kind of occasion. And it's good tasting. I, I remember back in the day, this was considered a pretty, a pretty stout, like not, you know, not a stout, but it was a pretty hefty beer like what hey, is whoa, the uh, careful with the sweet water what's the alcohol in that chain 5.7 5. 
So it's like a it's like a morning beer, right? Yeah, I mean, you have you have two of those. You wake up at four in the morning. You can't sleep. You have a sweet water and two Tylenol and maybe a melatonin, and then you go back to sleep, and then you go back to work and function all day as an alcoholic. Well, it's you know, it's like a tailgate beer, like a starter. Like I'm, a, I'll do these till noon, and then we'll get serious. <laughs> then and then we we work our way into other other beers. This. I think this is a tribute to the history of beer and then also like where beer is going and when do when does beer jump the shark uh, Fonzie style I don't know that's a good question because we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast where you know maybe 10 years ago you know you you're drinking Bud Lights pretty much consistently or Miller Lights or maybe throwing some Bud Heavies if you wanted to get nuts Coors Banquet beer yeah and then you go to a holiday Miller Genuine Draft (laughs) You go to a holiday party, and all of a sudden, you know, this stuff called Christmas ale came out. And right. next thing you know, you know, you're drinking those at the same rate you're drinking your Miller Lights, and then people are just getting obliterated, and it's right. just you know a huge mess. Yep, turns into you, a tu- turns into a Christmas orgy. Yeah, best case scenario, that's yeah. what happens. Or everyone's just those vomiting parties. on each other. Or, or people are getting punched in the face for no reason. <laughs> or a huge family brawl. Yeah, yeah I mean, they can go either way, but. So I think Mike, you were saying like we were looking at it. So Christmas ale now is like seven point two percent alcohol by volume, which, yep. in the grand scheme of things, it's just like a light s- scale IPA. <laughs> it's a it's a snack. It's just <laughs> yeah. a so right. I, it's, it's so laughable. this Christmas so, I, I I recorded just the number of Christmas ales that I had. I had over forty two on Christmas, Christmas Eve. Song. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it's a it's a it's a that that now is like a sessionable like yeah. beer. Like you don't Christmas sales no. is sessionable. I mean, you could you could you could you could foreseeably drink a six pack of Christmas ale and be no worse for wear no. than if you were just drinking some fatheads, you know, headhunters. I got pulled over. I told the cop I had six Christmas sales, and he said, "All right, just just be safe going home." You want me to follow you? Hey, no. Y- your lights are off, and you're you're out in someone in your neighbor's front lawn. <laughs> he said, "I told him, look, I had six Christmas sales," and he said, "Okay, great, let's race home." And I said, <laughs> "Deal, deal." But you're gonna get smoked. Pig. Yeah, I mean, he six had, Christmas sales. Richard Higgins beat me actually. <laughs> six Christmas sales. Christmas sales is really just sharpen your focus. Really, it puts you day. in the Christmas spirit. I mean. Yeah. It, it used to be believed like you had six Christmas sales, you dress up as Santa, jump off the roof, and break your neck. But right. now it's like kind of like I had six Christmas sales and I I studied. Yeah, and I, you know for, for I studied for the GMAT, and then, and then I went to Christmas mass and didn't like yeah. fall into the person next Actually, to me. I, yeah, and uh, the next morning I woke up and took the SAT just for fun. <laughs> like what? What's the deal? So I guess it comes back to the initial statement you made, Mike. Like, at what point? Will these beers just be like out of control? Where it's like, I think you know, everyone's like now. I personally love IPAs, and if I if I know I'm going to drink like multiple beers, I'll just get a standard IPA. But then there's some like what you know, you see the double IPAs or the imperial IPAs, which are I don't know what they do to them to make them more alcohol, but they they got more in them. So they, they aggressively dry hop them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I don't we know what they do. We they probably do. They probably yell at them. <laughs> But but they'll they'll get you know you'll see some upwards to maybe like in the nine percent type range and some of them actually taste really good. Where like if I knew I could have you know a handful of these and not basically fall down on my face <laughs> and piss myself, I probably would go that route. But 
it's just not physically possible at this point. I mean, I'm I'm training. I'm still training, and it, it, it's a possibility. But you'll yeah. get there. You'll get there. Thanks, man. I, I mean, I think it's. I think what we've just stumbled upon is we should start our own brewery company. <laughs> we should push the limits here. Really push the envelope. This is like the right stuff of. of <laughs> I think brewing. it's just called whiskey. Actually, <laughs> it's the right stuff of brewing. And we have a beer that's called Fonzie, or it's called like Jump the Shark, and it's a picture of Fonzie, like actually, like from the episode yeah, Henry Henry Winkler on water skis, yeah, on water skis, jumping the actual shark from Happy Days. Do, do we have room in the cabin for uh, a bro- little brew station? Well, I mean, God, I mean, if we really get after it and aggressively dry hop these things, we don't need like a ton. It's just well, we what we have to do. So I know, like the one thing, like we've had some platform beers before here, right? For one of our beers of choice, I believe. Oh, we did a Speed Merchant. Yeah. Yeah. So and merchant. platforms on the west side, and they they were bought out. But like know. one of the, I think we did a Speed Merchant, which they which got bought great. out in Bev. Well, yeah, Budweiser owns them. Oh. But I know that they have some of the beers that they'll throw out in like their small batch series are just literally beers that people homebrew kind of come up with. And they're like, oh, these are pretty good. We'll do it. You know, we'll do like ten thousand cases of this. Yeah. So we need to come up with a Jump the Shark jump the shark i don't know what the kind of alcohol content we, you know Damn. sometimes like the higher alcohol beers will be yeah. in only like a four pack this will just be in like a one pack ours, or a two pack or ours, something it won't be expressed in abv it'll be proof <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, yeah well, at what point do you jump it's, from it's abv a, to it's a to 25 proof, proof beer <laughs> <laughs> or just little like little and then it'll be like the size of a shot glass but it'll still be in a can and you gotta pop yeah. the top well let's get let's get zalaska what's involved yeah what a great what a great guest that would be yeah he could go over the whole wine mr excitement <laughs> brian zelaskowitz he might crack a smile he might even crack a smile you might even hear it over the microphone he wouldn't say much but uh because that's a skin moving in the direction it hasn't moved in forever <laughs> yeah but he's a uh so yeah so those of you who don't know zelaskowitz wine fantastic oh my gosh Savory. most drinkable red wine i've ever had fantastic drink it by the pint Shane, get control back here. What what are we doing next? Oh, I think we I think you're gonna love this next topic, Mike. This is just right up your alley. There was yep. a football game on Sunday evening, this past Sunday evening. Yeah. Between the Browns of Cleveland and the uh, Steelers of Pittsburgh. I'm familiar. Yeah. I don't think it went went your way, if I re- recall correctly. Well, just to like take us back a couple yeah, episodes. Jeez. Mike, did you watch the game live? I did. I watched the game live. What was your record this year watching live Steelers games? (laughs) 0-4. Okay. So I don't know what your work schedule is next fall, but we're going to have to work it out in a way that you get an opportunity to make sure you're there. Funny story. We um, we turn on the television. The whole day has kind of been leading up to this. You know, Melissa and Lincoln are are, are Browns fans at at this point. Melissa diehard. Lincoln just probably grow up to be gay or something. And then the uh, Owens kind of a fence sitter. Zane and I are, in fact, uh, Steelers fans. I think Zane's probably have has crossed the line. Play the first play of the game, snap over the head. Yeah. Zane looks at me. His lip starts to quiver, and I'm like, "Do you want me to go out in the cabin?" And he's like, <laughs> "Yes." And I, was, I went out to the cabin, and I said, uh, "All right, maybe we, uh, you know, I sat out here. Maybe we write the ship." Hey, I how ch- about I'll come back in 15 minutes? <laughs> oh my God! I check. <laughs> I check the score after I come out here, pour a beer, <laughs> light up the light up the fire, listen to some music, and I'm just kind of watching the score mobile app. And I thought, 
Oh, there's nothing stopping this. Or this for nothing. one second, though, did you think this app's got to be wrong? No, I, you know, I, some, like I said last week, any given Sunday, I, I really, I, I really had kind of a, just a, a bad feeling in my stomach about this game. I thought we could have probably just taken care of business, you know, the week prior. I think it's a lot of, you know, hubris on the part of the Steelers organization to kind of say, hey, you know, well, we'll let you in the playoffs and then we'll just, we'll beat you the next week. Well, that that's kind of. But that's um, Tomlin's like way. He just he's kind of cocky. He thinks he's better than everybody else. That's an impression well, that he exudes. I feel from I mean, listening I to his press conferences and interviews. Like he's he's smarter than everyone. Yeah, I think the odds makers would have pro- would have would have agreed with him. But what do you say? I, I don't fault him for resting guys that week before because honestly, it's like you know if if someone gets hurt or something bad happens the week before like they you know it, yeah, there was work. no guarantee you were going to play the browns again there were several other games that would have been played to to determine that yeah i thought you know it was just one of those games where i mean we were out i mean we were really i mean it's kind of a dr kevorkian type of like game to watch i mean you're really just kind of like uh, it, we were never in it um i know you guys felt pretty as much- though there was a there was a a chance that we would climb back into it. I, I, I stopped watching midway through the first quarter, and that that was it for me. I couldn't, I couldn't really. But basically, like that's what Shane and I have been watching for the last twenty years. Like, <laughs> yeah, we stopped watching most games in the first quarter for the last twenty years. I mean, Mike, you had to do it you know, for one I mean, week. I'm sorry. A lot of years, it was like I would stop watching games after week seven. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, so that's, I, you know, I, I, I look, I mean, it doesn't change, doesn't change things for me. You know, I'm, I'm too far gone. I'm a Steelers fan. That's, and it's I'm, never too I'm late. man like, enough. You've, we've watched, en- you've watched enough Star Wars, like people, like <laughs> Kylo Ren. Yeah. Like we thought that dude was never going to be bad, but there was still some good in that's him. True. Like it's never too late. That's true. Maybe after the Browns, or I'll kill, the Browns kill my sh- father and then. <laughs> And then become a Browns fan. That would, that would probably actually have to happen. I'll have to kill my dad it's with a, a lightsaber. It's weird. It's weird if you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Browns is very strong within you. Mark. Yeah, the Browns The Browns get the, laugh, laugh, the last laugh this season. Um, I, there's, a, there's a small part of me that's, that's happy, um, you know, for, for the city of Cleveland, for my friends and for my family. There's a, another big part of me that just wants to absolutely um, – you know, go to sleep and never wake up again in this world that well, that we live in currently. So, as a Steelers fan, I mean, Ben cannot start another football game for you guys, right? So, I thought about that a little bit today as I thought we'd lead up to this podcast. And here's here's the thing. Tomlin's got a year left on his contract. Ben eats up 40 mil or 21 mil. It's $41.5 million. But I think we have to pay him 20 of that. Uh, regardless, so he's he eats unless 20. they trade him, but I don't know. If <laughs> That's I like not gonna <laughs> so I think like yeah. you were, you were proposing a trade before the podcast. Deshaun Watson and JJ Watt for Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Smith-Schuster. Done deal. I'd, I'd sign that paperwork tomorrow. Nick Casario, if you're listening, I don't uh, work for the Steelers organization at all, but that's on the table. <laughs> Fellow John Carroll classmate, Nick yeah, Casario, just, the new GM, you know, ninety eight, ninety eight, ninety nine, working clean. it out. Yeah. So uh, part of me kind of says maybe you you know get your first round offensive line, third round offensive line, second round your your run your number one running back for the next four years. Keep Ben for one more year, 
he's not going to hurt your organization. He's not going to take your team to the Super Bowl, but it bridges a, a pretty consistent gap. Ben takes you to eight and eight. But the problem is, ben, like, if you want to get a top quarterback, like, you got to suck. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'm, no one knows that like more eight, than eight the Cleveland Browns right. organization. <laughs> no, right? for sure. And, like, even that's never a guarantee. But, like, no. eight, eight and eight probably doesn't make the playoffs and doesn't get you a good quarterback. So it's like, what benefit is that? I don't know. I mean, I, I think, you know, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, the Steelers organization is not one to blow up things. They don't, they don't blow it up. They don't, that's not what they do. That's not in their culture. They don't rebuild. So it'll, they'll do it little, little pieces at a time. They'll, if, if Ben retires, it makes things very easy. But I think I, I was I was reading something that even if he retires, like the Steelers still take like a twenty million dollar cap hit somehow. Yeah, it only frees up twenty million cap space. But um, <clears throat> we have a lot of free agents that are leaving. The team will look remarkably different. I think there was eighteen guys coming into free agency. Yep, Juju. I think you can probably let Juju go. He can go to a big market and do his TikTok stuff somewhere else. You can let. I mean, he, Bud Dupree's probably going to go somewhere. You got to sign T.J. Watt to an extension and like a pay him because he's probably the best player in defense. I think Minka Fitzpatrick's still locked up for another year, right? Yeah, they can do a fifth year option on um, him. Um, but yeah, it's going to be different. I mean, I, contract, I agree yeah. with you. Like, like it's going to be different. I, again, like the Steelers have never since probably their early seventies. They've never really sucked. They've they've never had multiple years in a row where there's just you know bottom of the barrel type team so so this is this is the part of the century where browns fans coach me through dealing with a you know dealing with a tough season of being 12 and 12 and 5 we, we don't even know that <laughs> what was that 1987 the last time we won 12 games or something so hey it's this is this is the part of my life that browns fans tell me it's okay it's gonna be okay well, Jim and I were, watched the game together on Sunday, and we were like oh, two little kids. Oh, you don't need to tell me because I have received several texts <laughs> just from couple? everyone. Because, just a couple? Because Browns fans are such so gracious in their success. But you, So gracious. If you put that in context, Mike, we've had it worse than you can ever imagine. So go ahead and fuck yourself <laughs> when it comes to your sob story and your fucking violin playing. Oh, I don't, have, I don't have a sob story. Here's a question for you. So I'm a Notre Dame fan. I was very, very bummed when I found out that the Steelers drafted uh, Chase Claypool, only because I knew he was super good coming out of college, and I knew the Browns would have to be dealing with him for many years. So he actually had a pretty good game. I think he had a couple touchdowns, and uh, he's he's a stud. He, he's going to be a stud. He's big. He's fast. He can catch. After the game, he had a real sour grapes comment that's kind of gotten made the rounds a little bit on Twitter and whatnot. Or he basically, you know, didn't even say congratulations. I'm not asking him to say congratulations, but he basically said, well, who cares? Browns are going to get smoked by the Chiefs next week. I think, he's, yeah, what did he say? Clapped out? Yeah, like, I thought that was... I don't even know what that a, means. I think that means beat badly. Hmm. That's what the kids are saying these days. I thought it meant, like, standing ovation. <laughs> didn't come off that way. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, go back to, I go back to the Juju stuff, <clears throat> and I, I read about the Claypool stuff, too. And, and I, you know, I look at also, you know, Ben on the, ben on the bench... You when know, he was after, crying, after when the he was game. crying like a little baby, is that that the part we're talking about? Yeah, I mean, you got to learn. You know, in this league, you're professionals. Every year, thirty-one teams are going to not going to end the season the way that they wanted to. Part of life, part of being an adult, is learning how to deal with adversity, learning how to lose. And I, I don't think you know he's. I guess that's that's what I think about these these people are kids. 
Chase Claypool is a is a is a kid. He's a young kid at this point. Juju Smith-Schuster is a you know boyish, you know phenomenal athlete, but he's a kid. They say stupid oh, stuff. Oh, these guys are like twenty-two <clears throat> to twenty-six years old. Like we never said anything stupid that we regretted when we were that age, right? Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> or last <laughs> week. In terms of Ben, I, I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. <clears throat> and I, it's not our, a, our listeners are going to love this. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, it's not a great look, right? I mean, you know, sitting on the bench, having, you know, having an emotional moment. I, 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 you juxtapose that against Phillip Rivers that probably has thrown his last pass in the NFL, right? Um, lost to the um, Bills. Uh, lost to the Bills. Relatively, you know, they made a valiant effort kind of towards the end there. They had a chance to win um, or a chance to come back in that game, right? It was close. close. It was a field goal game, I want to say. So, but I think he ends up, you know, incomplete past the end of the game to 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 lose it. Oh, is it a long bomb? Yeah, it kind of mismanaged the clock and, deal, and yeah. some other stuff. But he's probably thrown his last pass in the NFL. I don't think the Colts are going to bring him back. I don't think another team's going to sign him. And he was out there like a man, standing up, shaking hands with people. I'm not going to defend Ben. I think it's a bad look. You know, I'm also going to, you know, fully admit that, you know, I probably haven't lost well in my life, but. Uh, he's pro- there's a lot probably going through his head in terms of I played terribly the first half and cost my team the game. I played valiantly um, in the second half and you know you know nearly brought us back into a competitive game and it's probably over. And if that and he's probably thinking if that stadium was full of Steelers fans, he probably would have been ended his career with the Steelers being booed off the field. And that's how it ended for Terry Bradshaw. And that's kind of how these guys kind of need to calibrate their minds is they're people in colored jerseys playing games. And that's what I, you know, kind of describe the situation to Zane who, you know, uh, has to go back and wear his, you know, wear his Steelers gear back to, uh, back to, you know, school where he's surrounded by Browns fans. And I said, Zane, this, this is a game, you know, (laughs) relax, buddy. Like, and I, you know, and I'm not going to poison the poor kid. Like, look, if you want to be a Browns fan, buddy, it's you're not going to hurt my feelings. It's it's no, you know, I I understand. It's too late for me, but the uh, <laughs> the dark side is taking over. I I have to you know remind myself like after playoff wins, playoff losses like that, or, or any of those games. Is look, these are these are games played by. Uh, played by men and they're we're, you know we're, it's entertaining and you guys are on the flip side of this right because now you're hanging on every word that's in the press about your cleveland browns where two years ago you probably didn't care and now you know mondays are a little bit better right a little bit brighter life is better so i know i know where you're from i've been there i'm happy that you guys are are feeling that way and just for the record i think the you got a chance to make some noise here in the divisional round. So, right? yeah, speaking of which, like, Shane, what do you – I mean, we spent some time on the Browns already, but not to belabor the point, but we're, going into this game against the Chiefs, what um, what are your thoughts? I mean, you think there's a – we got a chance. I know they're like 10-point underdogs, basically. And, you know, you're playing probably arguably what's been considered the best team in the NFL the last two years. So, you know, you got a tall mountain to climb, but what do you think? What do you think the chances are? I mean, the chances are they're they're long, they're not great, but you know it's the NFL. Are they thick? They're thick. Yeah, they're thick. Sure. Is that good long or bad? Thick? 
Long and thick. Are they hard? They're hard. It's going to be a hard game. Mm. I think Mike just tricked you into saying a bunch of <laughs> I things. Think did you? I see what you did right I'm there. I'm watching you salivate over your microphone right now. <laughs> no, I just didn't get that mic out of your mouth. <laughs> Stop that. Stop kissing that. I think they got a. I mean, I think they got a chance. You just got. They got to play a perfect game, and they got to hope Kansas City makes some mistakes. Which obviously, you know, Pittsburgh showed that <laughs> we that made helps. Five. That yeah. helps. You know, if you get five turnovers, that's going to help. So um, you know, and and Kansas City might come out a little rusty. So I think we got to take advantage. I mean, their starters haven't played in like twenty days or something. Come come Sunday. So I, I think we uh, we just got to take advantage of opportunities, and and we got to play our best. We can't we can't make mistakes. We can't have bad penalties. Am I going to predict they're going to win? No, but. I think uh, you know there's a there's a scenario where they they could. Well, I mean, I think the one thing with you know we've seen this year from the Browns under Stefanski, they, they seem to be a pretty disciplined team. Um, they don't make a lot of penalty, you know, they don't make a lot of mistakes. They don't have a lot of silly penalties. They really really don't see you know turn the ball over a ton. Like the last I think eight eight or nine games, Baker's thrown one pick. They maybe have had a fumble or two, but they they've done a good job of taking care of the ball. So they've kind of done all the little things right. And I think this is definitely a game where, from everything that I've heard and kind of looked into for the for the Chiefs, like their their defense gives up points. Like I think the Browns will be able to score. The Browns have a lot of weapons, and I think the Browns will be able to score. A lot of people are saying, you know, the Browns have these two great running backs. They need to just possess the ball, eat up clock, don't let Mahomes have the ball. I don't think that would work. I think the Browns need to get be opportunistic on defense and hopefully capitalize on a mistake. And if the Browns win this game, I think it's going to be like the Ravens game where, you know, they're, they're winning a game like 52 to like 48. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't think the Browns can just play ball control and hope that they can, you know, outscore the, the Chiefs in a low-scoring game. Because I think, like, the Chiefs offense, could, like, they could score in two plays. If, you know, you just yeah. never know. Yeah, so, they could get clapped in. They could get clapped in. I think. I think that's a bad thing. Actually, I, I have no idea. But I, I'm I guessing the, in his tone, the way Claypool said it, like I think his tone was saying that it was maybe bad to get clapped. I'm not sure. I know I've had the clap and it wasn't fun. That's what I mean. If nothing less, it's it's very uncomfortable and like a burning sensation. Let me ask you guys this, and the, and I think this is what kind of on everybody's minds is. I think I'd like to go back to more how you got the clap. Oh, I could, yeah, I'm happy to discuss that with everybody. The Look, Stefanski loses this game in person. You have to fire him, right? He's done. Yeah, done in Cleveland. I mean, I think they almost fired him last week. That was one of their best performances. of the, like once, They haven't beat one in back, Pittsburgh. Bing well, back, Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Hey, so I saw... We I know we didn't plan on talking about this, but go, go I, was, for it. I was at my son's soccer game. Freddie was there. We're coming out of we're coming uh, uh, one better. We're coming out of the force facility in East Lake, and who jumps out of a um, Escalade? Webster Slaughter. Uh, Dorsey is he still in Cleveland? Uh, you're asking me like, like I know. <laughs> I swear to God, it was. I know Dorsey. when he when he lived here, he lived in like uh, Hunting Valley Shaker Heights because his kids. I'm pretty sure went to U.S. A good friend of ours works, and he when we were living in University Heights, he was at the same parish we were at because you'd see him at like you know mass every once in a while. Yeah. Well, so, that guy, yeah. I mean, he's, he's not working anywhere. He's got kids that are still here somewhere and uh, playing soccer apparently. 
Probably because he, he doesn't have a job. Oh, geez. So maybe maybe he does. You know, that's another interesting little tidbit. Like, so many of the guys on the Chiefs roster this week were drafted or signed by Dorsey. So many guys on the Browns roster this week were drafted or signed by Dorsey. Nice segue. So yeah. I think that, uh, you know, that's another little interesting thing. I mean, Dorsey's probably sitting there thinking, like, fuck, like, I brought all these guys <laughs> in, and I'm like, I don't have a job. <laughs> you no-talent ass clown. I'm sure he's still getting paid. I'm not. I'm not concerned for his like financial yeah, no. well-being. He's thing. doing okay. I mean, it was a cream I, Cadillac I think Escalade. Mike, I think Mike Holmgren is still getting paid like three million dollars a year from the Browns. <laughs> Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid a million dollars a year from the New York Yankees for the next forty speaking, years. Speaking of Mike Holmgren, isn't he? I can't remember if it's him or Andy Reid. I think it was Mike Holmgren. Do you remember? They kind of look alike. Yeah, they look similar. I think Mike Holmgren, Holmgren's a little bigger. But like they would always show it on like Monday Night Football or something if one of his teams were playing and it was like a punt pass and kick contest. No, it's Andy Reid. Is it Andy? It's <laughs> absolutely Andy Reid. And he's and like it's one of my favorite nuggets he's of like, internet. He's like two feet taller. And like every other kid in this thing is like four foot eight, a hundred and <laughs> maybe this was Andy Reid when he was a kid. Yeah, yeah, maybe ninety pounds. Oh, I gotta, I gotta see this. Oh my he god, you've like never seen us. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, fans. Check our Twitter. We're gonna post this. We're gonna post this video. Andy Reid punt, pass, and kick. He looks like Andy Reid now, competing right. against kids that are that are a fraction of his age. It looks like like an old, super fat, beer bellied forty five year old guy against a bunch of like ten year old kids in a punt, pass, and kick. And they put him in like full pads. He's wearing a helmet. But it looks like one of those like Hutch uniforms you got when you were five years old. Exactly. Because the helmet barely fits him. And like exactly. all these kids are throwing it like twenty yards from here, and he like launches it like sixty, and then he kicks a you know they're punting it like thirty yards, and he just bombs like a sixty yard punt. He literally like ran away with this. Well, this must be good because I just went to YouTube and I, I started typing Andy Reid <laughs> and it's pump ass kick. Pump kick. Yeah, no, oh no. my god, it's it's obvious. It's the best thing. It's like circa like old eight millimeter like tape. <laughs> He's seven feet tall compared to the other kids. The other kids are standing behind him, and they're like, yeah. yeah it's ridiculous. He puts out a cigarette before his punch. And, like, slams a Budweiser, and then He's just, 13. like. He's <laughs> 13? Oh, oh man, man. I can't wait to watch it. That's great. I will it's, post it's so a link good. to that. You, you got to check it out. It's, it's worth a watch. The first All time right. I saw it, I thought it was a joke. I literally thought it was, like, some sort of weird Photoshop joke. And I'm like, no, this is real. I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. More deserving fan base. Try to be objective here. I can't, but go ahead. Bills or Browns for a, for a Super Bowl run here? Browns. Brown, the Bills went to three Super Bowls in a row. And lost them all. Still went. I, Browns still have yet went. to be at one. I think it was four, right? Four. It four. was four. Nordwide. All right, so. Um, I mean, I, I still I like Bills fans. I can appreciate the Bills Mafia and all their shenanigans. And, Jim and I had a beer in Buffalo. Yeah. Nice I mean, town. It's a great city. I think it's really similar to Cleveland. Yeah, it's really similar to Pittsburgh. I mean, as much as we like bust balls about Pittsburgh, and I mean, the people that live in Pittsburgh, other than their like super weird, you know, <laughs> accents and like their yins ain't gonna win no power bowl, and and their inability to even like master any par- portion of the English language, like they're still <laughs> they're still basically like the same kind of blue collar. Can we talk people. about just can we talk about the Northeast Ohio accent just a little bit? Is there one? I don't. I mean. It's, Here, a, it's again gonna, like I don't know. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a phrase to you, and you'll know exactly the people that that say it. Okay. And I think this is the north northeast Ohio accent. 
Oh my god. You think that's Northeast Ohio? That's Northeast Ohio. Oh my god. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, I mean I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't realize right? that was unique to I can Northeast almost, Ohio. Though. I can almost I can almost I mean the, the pictures of people that, that speak that way kinda of come up and um Melissa's a little bit like that, but oh my god. Northeast Ohio. Oh my god. I guess I I mean I've been so intertwined and i probably don't even notice it i don't hear it in your speech i don't hear it really in shane's um shane's just mostly the lisp um but oh my god um oh boy <laughs> holy tamurgatroy <laughs> or was it heavens tamurgatroy heavens tamurgatroy anyway i think we talked a lot i think we all think the browns have a chance it's a long shot if they play the good game Maybe the best game that they've played so far in the I mean the Chiefs. Is there, is there a up. game that you would record and want to watch over and over again other than that game from the playoffs? Um I don't know. Probably I mean, your favorite game in Brown's history. That was that was awesome. I will say that like recently though, like they were the Browns were a whisker away from beating the Ravens on that Monday night game. And that was a that was an amazing game. Like if you had no rooting interest on either team, like that was a great game. It was game. a fun game to watch. It was a great game. You know, they came up on the short end, so We'll see what happens. I I want to say, you know, I think as most Browns fans feel, you know, everything at this point is probably going to be icing on the cake. But as the week goes on, it's similar to the way I felt last week. Like I, I'm feeling, you know, my they they got a little bit of more of a shot every day. So we'll see what happens. You know, we're gonna keep our fingers crossed. I'm just praying that I can watch it. We're taking the we're taking the. Yeah, sorry, my, my, my dog, dog just came in. If you want to, you don't know what you're hearing. No, we're. Uh, I'm. I'm hoping to somehow squeeze this thing in because we're gonna go. We're, my family and I are going out of town this weekend for a little ski trip, and then we gotta try to figure out a way to get back home by Sunday. You know, afternoon to. You probably never it. even thought you had to schedule no. a ski trip. No, I mean, Brown's when, when, if, when I would have ever thought to like schedule my winter trips Yikes. around playoff time, but yeah, it's a good you're problem. Gonna, you're being a precarious situation too because if you don't leave Ellicottsville early enough. You're gonna be in Buffalo territory, right? Yeah, but Buffalo, but Buffalo plays uh, Saturday. Oh, I guess you're right. So, yeah, so, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, at the very least, I can be checking on my phone while my wife drives and I'm screaming and yelling, happy you're, or sad. I can't. I that would not happen if that were the situation with with me. I would cancel all plans. No, I'm a better father Although, than you. And then watch them lose. <laughs> Right. Because I would be it, Yeah, you should it. just probably not watch In it. person. So, I think we spent a good amount of time talking on that. If uh, So, Mike, I heard you were out buying some uh, lunch meat today. Maybe some... Right? I mean... Hey, I had an opportunity to go to the... Uh, <laughs> this isn't going to make sense, but I was at the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. <laughs> not for lunch meat. So they don't sell lunch meat at the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. Now we know. No, I found that out, but I went I, there. Because they, they have the same ticket things you take to like... Exactly. Get, okay. I went there and I said, I'd like uh, I'd like license plates for my vehicle that I'm transferring, transferring in from out of state and uh, sure. you know, a pound of veal. And they said, well, we can help you with the first one. <laughs> we got the first part of that. And in about an hour and a half, we can help you with the first one. But if you want a pound of veal, you got to go over to Farmer in the Deli. So I was in Chesterland. Hey, Farmer in the Deli in Chesterland, they have the best sandwiches there. Fantastic. I mean, the uh, and the mustaches on the women that serve the sandwiches there are just the best in the business. Well, I was just going to say we could get a sponsorship, but you just ruined that. <laughs> They're Amish. They're not listening to anything with electricity. The 
Uh, so I go there, get an Italian sub. It's fantastic. The best Italian sub in the business. You know what my favorite thing about that place is? Their homemade bread. So their bread homemade bread is amazing. Their Italian bread's great. And they also do like rye. They do sourdough. But their Italian bread. So bonus today, they were giving away free loaves of bread. Get out of go here. Go there, get a sandwich. I went to the BMV. They said, we don't have enough room in here because of COVID. Give me your number. We'll call you when we're ready to bring you in. So I said, no problem. I was actually happy about that. I'll go to Farmer in the Deli. I went and got a sandwich, came back to the parking lot, waited. The lady at, the, at Farmer in the Deli said, hey, free loaf of bread today. And I'm like, sold. Give me one. <laughs> right. And she's like, well, I can't sell it to you. It's free. And I said, I'm confused. Just give it to me. That's what I meant. <laughs> so um, like speaking of bread, though, yeah, like, I, remember, I, bread. I remember a very, very funny story that you told me from... Um, one of your past experiences when you were in the army flying helicopters and doing some training and things like that. But, um, I think the listeners would enjoy it if you maybe shared that with us. Cause I think it's worth a, worth a little bit of a here. Yeah. I think it's about kind of enjoying the, the, some of the, uh, you know, some of life's little, little things, but I'm, I'm going to hang up and listen <laughs> and I'll take you, I'll take your answer big, offline. Big fan, big yeah. fan. First time, caller. first time caller, long time, long listener. time. Thanks. Listener. Uh, was in the army. We were doing a cross country flight up to Sykeston, Missouri. Sykeston, Missouri is the home of uh, Lambert's, and Lambert's is the home of the Throwed Roll. What's that? I don't even know. You what go up about. there and Lambert. You know, it's it's a good flight because it's about a two and a half hour flight, so it's a bag of so gas. Where, where were you starting from? Uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky. So we're starting out, which is like a little bit just outside of Nashville. Nashville right? It's on the yep. border of uh, Kentucky and Tennessee. And um, it, was a, it was a popular kind of trek because you go up there, it's a bag of gas, you do some cross-country navigation during the daytime, you get up there in time, shut down your helicopter, you take a, you take a van ride from the, uh, the uh, airport over to Lambert's, you get, a, you get a bite to eat, more than a bite to eat, it's a fantastic restaurant. If you're ever in Sykes in Missouri, go to Lambert's, home of the throat roll. It's all you can eat. So whatever you order, if you order the fried chicken, they keep bringing you fried chicken <laughs> until you're done. Like, I didn't know that when I ordered the fried chicken. Until you put a halt on it, like it's yeah. coming. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Young lady, stop with the fried chicken. I'm done with the fried chicken. Keep the rolls coming, by the way. Um, so we go up there. You go up there. Um, you fly up there two and a half hours. You land. You go over to the restaurant. You eat. Night vision goggle back to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. You call it a, you call it a day. And you got some great training out of it. Cross-country navigation, night vision goggle flight back, time distance heading, uh, you name it. So it was, a, it was a pretty popular trek. A lot of burn, you know, a lot of people burned that, uh, burned that route. Well, one particular day we land at the, the airport in Sykeston and uh, we shut, we're shutting down the helicopter and out of the tree line comes a, a gentleman that's just, just out of, the Deliver- movie Deliverance. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. And he's, uh, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of doing that thing in my mind where he's just kind of, like you know, hiking he, up his pants. Yeah, you gotta be, whenever you talk to a guy from that that just exited a tree line, <laughs> whatever they're doing, they're always hiking up their pants, like right? Matt, like Matt like, Foley, like they're just pulling them up. Right. Like, what were you doing in the tree? Like line? they're they're at like waist level, but it's got to get up to like lower tit level. <laughs> you're, you're just getting dressed. Apparently, and you're, you came out of the tree line. Well, he, uh, I guess I'll just enter into the dialogue. And he comes up and he's like, 
He's like, man, 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 I saw them whirly birds come in, and I, t- I told myself I was come out, gonna come out here and talk to y'all. Next time, those whirly birds come in, so I came out and talked to y'all. And I'm like, oh boy, we got a real, we got a real live one here. We're, <laughs> we're just tying up the helicopter and um, kind of putting it down before we hop in the van and, and go grab something to eat. And he said, he said, what well, y'all? Well, I, I gotta ask you, what y'all got in that? What y'all got in that that helicopter? What kind of engine you got in there? And I, was, I was just jokingly, I got a V six. <laughs> what I said was, I screwed that up. Shane, edit this. Yeah, yeah. I said I got a V eight, V eight in both sides. He's like, I knew it wouldn't be no V six. <laughs> I knew that. I knew it wouldn't be no V six. <laughs> You know, of course, we got 840-pound, like, shaft right. horsepower. Right, engines. it's at least a V9, yeah. right? I mean, these 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 engines, like, are, are producing a lot of power. Um, But anyway, the so he said, I knew it wouldn't be no V. I wouldn't. I knew it wouldn't be no V6. So he uh, he's like, well, I used to be in the Army. I used to I used to drive around. I used to drive a Jeep. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks for your service. And he's like, I like bread. <laughs> And I said, and uh, I didn't really think much of it. And, I, and we kind of go, and we, and well, they, hey, we show them around the helicopter. We walk them around the, walk them around and like give them kind of a tour. Let them sit in the cockpit and he takes pictures and everything else. And like, and you know, he dissolves kind of into back into the tree line like Shoeless Joe Jackson at so, the end so of the could, night. Like, where you're landing, just random people can just walk right up to the plane. I mean, you can kind of imagine, like, you know, this was. This was, uh, you know, before um, 9-11. So it was, you know, FBOs weren't necessarily, like, all fenced off. And, and yeah, you can drive up to just about any private airport and kind of, Especially if you're just pretty much hanging out in the woods. I mean, you never know who you'll find. Yeah, in Sexton, Missouri, I think anything goes. (laughs) Sorry, so he wanders back into the woods. (laughs) So he dissolves back into the, the wood line. And then we go and eat. And we nobody really thinks much of it. But we just kind of go eat. And we come back out, and we start the helicopter, and we're flying back under MAGs. And I'm like, yeah, that was a really kind of interesting cat we met back there at the airport. Um, did he say he liked bread? <laughs> and everybody in the helicopter said, "Oh my God! I thought I, I thought I heard that. I, I, I thought I heard him wrong. I didn't know what he said. I'm pretty sure he said he liked bread." <laughs> So after you guys explaining like the inner workings of the helicopter and him seeing the power and sitting in the cockpit, his best response was, I like bread. (laughs) What he wanted us to know after all was said and done is I've, I promised myself I'd come out here and see these whirly birds. (laughs) I have served in the army myself, drove a Jeep, drove a Jeep and I like bread. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I thought, and and on that flight we thought, I mean, I don't know that's something I I tell people. I mean, I do like bread. I like bread a lot. I'm not, you know, I'm a big fan of it. But I don't tell people enough. No, I, but again, I, I don't. I probably wouldn't put it on my tombstone. <laughs> yeah, this stop. guy's tombstone is going on. <laughs> I like bread. <laughs> and that became our mantra. Like we we deployed to Iraq later that year, oh five to oh six. And um, or later on, it was, it, was, it was just a few years later, but um, 05, 06, we talked to, we, and we said, I like bread. Was that like, like your, became, ra- your rallying cry? Like, you know, when, when, when times were tough and like. It became like saying yes. <laughs> like, hey, uh, you know, um, 
uh, Pat, I need you to go out there and do a maintenance test flight. On we just replaced an engine on this helicopter. We need to do a maintenance test flight. Are you good with that? I'm like, yeah, I'll get it done here in a second. I like bread. <laughs> <laughs> just added on to everything you say. <laughs> everything we said. We would end radio calls like, hey, you know, uh, Kingsman two six this is Kingsman six. See you guys off the LZ. Yeah, we're off the LZ. Everything looks clear. It's uh, you guys are clear to come in. I like bread. <laughs> a lot of bread over here. We like it. <laughs> bread i like bread and to this day if i hear the word bread i think i like bread. it's got got a different meaning to you now i mean i like bread i tell that story all the time i love that story (laughs) it's a good story and i'd love to know like if we can what's he doing now can we get this guy in the podcast i think so maybe we can find maybe we can do a deeper dive into like the bread, like how that became such a part Get of his this life. Guy under, I don't know. Maybe I mean, he's he surrounded by loaves of it right now. Maybe he just yeah. walk by some riverbed in Missouri and find like very bread. similar guys to that than that. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> I knew I knew it wouldn't be no V six. Funnier story. <laughs> so, what? Well, just the heli- the helicopter's engines are up on you know close to close to the uh, the rotor blades, and they kind of. They, they're positioned right by the uh, after the transmission, but they you open up the cowlings and they're up they're up right by the top of the helicopter. Well, people assume that by the like a car, you open up the nose of the helicopter. That's where you know uh, <laughs> where the engines are. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, so I used to I used to do that thing all the time where I open up and all that's in there is a bunch of avionics, like a bunch of radio control heads and navigation. Uh, stuff and it's like a bunch of fragile equipment but guys would come up and like um, like hey yeah everything good we're we're here to load up and you're taking us here to there and i'm like yeah this thing's not going anywhere look at this thing and i open up the t- i open the nose and i'm like oh my god this this thing's shot this bitch ain't going nowhere look at this look at there ain't even an engine in here <laughs> god <laughs> somebody checked the oil in this thing it's like Major League when the plane pulls up with the Indians with like duct tape on the rotor. <laughs> I love that. I love that scene where Dorn like wakes up with his eye, his eye covers on. He's like, oh god. <laughs> or when Vaughn Vaughn realizes he slept with his Dorn's wife, and he's like, I didn't know. <laughs> but Dorn did the right thing. I think so. Don't you think Dorn did the right thing? Strike yeah. this motherfucker out. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was it was bigger than him at that point. Are we ready to talk state of the Indians going forward yeah. after? I don't yeah, think so. I don't have time no. today. Right. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about Mike. You were really I like bread. Talking about your love for bread and also your love for Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, so I this um, is the Mike Stall show today, folks. It sure is. Yeah, not, not, he's not like a, our special guest. Not there. necessarily, but I uh, I really kind of had a voracious appetite for reading my last few years in the military, and it was kind of driven by. Um, by you know, I I got an opportunity to go to the National War College, and they would assign us a, a lot of reading every night. And we got to read. Other than I thought you just read Penthouse Letters. Oh, I did a fair amount of that as well, <laughs> but this took a big chunk of my leisurely reading up. But so I had to I had to read a lot, and even in my time in the Pentagon, I had to read, you know, study up on a lot of different things. But then I you know I kind of lost uh, lost my love for reading just like for leisure. Um, so kind of one of my New Year's resolutions was kind of like, you know, let me, you know, just kind of read to calm my mind or read to learn about something I'd never, never really uh, knew much about. So I uh, picked up uh, Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights. Now, you guys aren't familiar with it. It's out. It's a, it's a 
national yeah. bestseller. I actually, yeah, I saw a copy of it when I was over um, in front of the show Tom Bernard's house the other yep. day, and uh, he had gotten it, and I was kind of thumbing through it, but I didn't really pick it up and read it. So it, you're familiar with Matthew McConaughey, you know. Um, he's all right, kinda, all right, all right. Yeah, he's he's stumbled upon some some pretty great uh, some pretty some great success. I mean, he's a uh, you know what he lo- you know what he loves about high school girls. They stay the same. He gets older, they stay the same age. So that was his first, and, and, and that's what's fun about the book, and that's why I picked up the book. We were at Barnes & Noble um, picking up some, the kids have, you know, reading assignments in school, what have you, so we got to go, go pick up some some fiction, nonfiction books for them to read and everything else. And I grabbed this book and a couple others. And I don't know about you guys, though, but, like, I still am kind of old school in the fact that, like, I want a physical book in my hand when I'm reading Absolutely. it. I, I like to read, and I feel for me, like I like the winter time when, you know, it gets dark early, and I, I get to bed probably earlier, like, I, I do like reading a book, and yeah. having one that I can just pick up and go, I can't, I never got into Kindle. No, can't or, do it. And, and that's how all, mo- the majority of the reading that we got at, at, you know, my higher education as an adult was all electronic. <laughs> and those poor printers at those schools... <laughs> Or just did, would or, you just print them out? Every every oh one of us would all just print them out, and they're like, you know, we, we these are all on your iPad. I'm like, I know, <laughs> I'm going to print out 400 pages here. <laughs> Go get some reams of paper, and I'm going to print them out. Well, yeah, but but audio books now, I I can't even get into that because like uh, Vanessa, you know, my wife and the kids, like if we're on a road trip, she'll put an audio book on, and like they'll be mesmerized and be into it. I, I can't even pay attention to it. I don't know what the deal is. Like, I literally need a physical book, you know. In I just my love hand. the fact that, like, I can listen to it when I'm driving or, like, I'm doing yard work or I'm painting the house. Like, I put AirPods in, I listen to a book. Well, I feel like if I'm doing something like that, like, I, I don't know. I don't know why. It's probably not any different, but I'll listen to a podcast where I yeah, feel like I can kind of. Same like, thing. I can kind of tune out for a second and still, like, be in it. But, like, if a book, if you kind of, like, tune out for a second and maybe you miss a, a passage here or there and it's like. You know, you get lost, but anyway, Mike, you're talking about Matthew. Yeah, so the, the book is, you know, exactly like, you know, it's, it's not one of my the favorite books I've read. Anyway, it's, it's a it's a it's a fun read. If you are familiar with Matthew McConaughey, I picked up the book because if you if you know much about him, you kind of want part of that guy's life, right? I mean, he's he's lived a very kind of touched life by the fact that he's a know. free spirit. Yeah. He's um hardworking. He's also very talented. Um he's kind of made his own breaks throughout the industry and everything else. He comes from a very blue collar family in in uh Texas. He's he spent time abroad as a young kid in Australia, which is kind of a, a funnier part of the um of the book as an exchange student. I think I remember like the one passage I feel like I did kind of read through was the night that he met the guy that was like the producer or whatever for yeah um what was the big the one we were just talking about Days and confused Days and confused like at a bar yep and he ended up just getting like completely hammered with him one night so the the and the and the concept of the book is called green lights and his point is like it, it's not really a self-help book although like it's it's a little bit builded that way. It's like, hey, everybody, if you just listen to them old Matthew McConaughey here, you just figure do you, out. Do you read secret. the whole book though in your head with his voice? Absolutely, and <laughs> and it's written that way. It's it's written. He locked himself up in the desert for two weeks and wrote this book. Yeah, he there's pictures in the book that mm-hmm. you know. 
where he's literally just like got a loincloth on for the most part. And yeah, like, yeah, he's, it's like a vision quest in, in a sense. I can't help but think the guy's a little bit lucky in life. And I, I do think he has made his own luck, but he happens to be, you know, blessed with phenomenal genetics. <laughs> he's a, he's a handsome dude and he, he has kind of made his way through life and he's got a, he's got a kind of a, a cool story, but at the same time, he, the book is billed as like, Hey, if you just kind of think of the way I do and just kind of roll through life and just, if you just change the way you think about things. And like, he tells us, you know, a great story about how he lands this role in days and confused. And he says, his summation of it is like, Hey, and there's another, there's another green light. I'm like, well, Matthew, I think you got kind of lucky there. You know, I don't, I don't know that I can attribute that to like, if you hand this book green lights to a homeless person, it's like, yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, they'd be wiping their ass. I'm not catching a whole lot of green lights here, Matthew. Uh, what's what's going on here? But you know, he goes on through life and uh, decides he wants to be an actor. Decides he wants to, you know, do X, Y, and Z, and does does all of it. <laughs> it's kind of one of those books where you're like okay cool um well it's like you know you get the, the guy that like everything works out for and he writes a book it's like hey guys it's, it's this easy just freaking green lights just do just what i did just hey, show up problem is you're running too many red lights <laughs> all right maybe you're on the wrong path maybe and some of y'all are running too many yellow lights what i recommend you do run into a bunch of green lights like i have you've got to time them all up <laughs> yeah i mean he's got a beautiful wife handsome sons He's won an Oscar, and he, you know, cont- and has made enough money to be able to do whatever the hell he wants. And you know, if he wants to run through the desert barefoot, he does that. And he wants to go, you know. And I, you know, I think uh, what, it, I, what I think he gained from it is he's he's taken opportunities to focus on himself. He's taken opportunities to go, and he and when he was early on in his career, he packed up a, an airstream with him and his dog completely single and went around and traveled traveled the country probably laid so much pipe and he did and he you know he kind of talks about it and he's not he's not uh you know he's not bashful about it but um i'm not sure it's a great self-help book for for 2021 or it's not it's not a promise that things are going to get better if you just kind of if you just kind of live that <laughs> live the life the same way that he has well it's probably one of those things like a 20 year old just getting out of college reads that book and says you know what i'm gonna go ahead and just like chase these green lights like one out of five million will <laughs> yeah, be, it'll be awesome that's exactly right that's that's exactly my takeaway from the book it but it's a book you it, you know it's 300 pages you read the book in a day and a half and 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 you're done with it it's it's a pretty fun read he's got some good stories about he and his brothers um you know his family he kind of a tough upbringing. His dad was in the oil industry, and it's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a really quick read. And if you guys want to take the book home with you, you can absolutely do that. No, I mean, even like I said, when I, I saw it at Tom's house, you know, I, I kind of leaf through it, and it's, it's entertaining. You know, it's yeah. just probably to like get a perspective on the kind of crazy random things that he's done over his life. Which it's again, I think it's an entertaining book. I don't think, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's a self help book. You know, but. Uh, He's a, he's a he's a cool actor. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, he did win an Academy Award though for um, Dallas, Dallas Buyers Club. Club. Yeah, I mean, he was amazing. Like he got down to 135 yeah, pounds. You know, he talks which about was that. a great movie. I don't want to you know detract of anything from his artistic work that yeah. he's done. 
Yeah, I think that's a good call, Mike. You know, give it a, give it a read if you're into reading. Um, I know we can't really like read and talk on the podcast. No, <laughs> never again. It's a but, new rule. Uh, but I think uh, yeah, maybe it's maybe it's kind of an intellectual turn that we take here on the podcast. We review a book every week. Shane, it's your turn. Neat. Next week. It's very neat. All right, you I got a bunch of books I've listened, Judy, listened Judy to. Bloom. I can't. I don't know. For me though, like like I said, in the winter time, I, I read a lot, and I've. I struggled to read books that are historically based or factually based on something. Like I, I want some fiction. Like I want to kind of oh. go into, you know, yeah. fantasy land. Hmm. And I mean, so, like the one I'm reading now is about. Uh, I, I love like spy, espionage, CIA, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I end up. I can't remember the last time I read a fiction book. All I read is nonfiction. Yeah. I feel like there's so much fucked up shit going on in the world. I just want to kind of escape, <laughs> get away from that. Just kind of escape, yeah. But good th- book. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think we're kind of at that time, and I think this this whole episode has kind of turned into Mike's, you know, been highlighted throughout this. So, without further ado, I think we should maybe do five questions with Mike. We have yet to really delve into the inner workings of what's going on inside that dome. And uh, Shane and I came up with some questions for you, Mike. That's it. Careful! It's a come in here. It's a it's like a it's a bear trap. Yeah, you have to chew your arm off to leave. I have a feeling after you read some of these questions, you'll be chewing your own arm off. All right, let's get to it. Here you go. They they were sealed and delivered. Delivered straight to Mike. All right, we're we're getting close to an hour, so we're gonna do these rapid fire of Eh, some sort. All right, as long as it takes. Five questions with Mike. What is the hottest thing I've ever put in my mouth? Shane, you came up with this question, so I'll let you start. Wow, there's there's several different ways you can go with this. Is it temperature? Obviously, heat of a pepper of yep. some sort. I mean, you could talk about lady parts of <laughs> attractive women. Sure. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> I think that's why you were probably if, laughing in the first if place. If you had a hankering. The hottest thing I've ever put in my mouth. Shane, go. I don't know. Some some hot pepper you ate. Oh, my God. Oh, That's boy. the best you could do. I, oh, my it's on God. Short, on short notice. You, you came up with a question, dude. I wasn't thinking about the answer. <laughs> I thought it was funny. You have to, before you even ask a question, you need to know the answer. All right, you go ahead, and then I'll see if I can think of something better. Well, I, I feel like throughout college, Mike had a quite, a, quite a few exploits of uh, hot things he may have put in his mouth. Not necessarily food-related. But um, in order to you know keep his marriage, the sanctity of his marriage intact, I'll probably refrain from that. So the hottest thing he probably ever put in his mouth was he's from the you know his family's from Pittsburgh. They eat a lot of bratwurst down there and a lot of unhealthy food. It was probably like a big and his his mom is very Italian family, probably like a burning hot Italian sausage that uh, you know right off the grill. Maybe before a big Steelers game where he... Maybe a Primani Brothers? They're not that hot. There's bread and there's coleslaw that cools it down, Shane. I don't even know. Like, you're terrible at this, Shane. So I'm going to say like a steaming, hot, smoking Italian sausage. But that's not what I'd really answer if I could I'm answer not, I'm not allowed to answer this, so I can't well, really Shane, say. Shane, is Shane going with a hot pepper? That's it. Hot Shane? Oh my God! Okay, Mike, All if right. if you were to say, I'll, yeah, I'll, I will I will tell this. So, and I, if you want to talk about lady bits, I mean that's fine. <laughs> lady bits, <laughs> lady ladies dealies. Um, 
I don't. Um, <laughs> but but I will say that. Uh, so my I I had attempted to sabotage the Browns game this past weekend. I made Grandma Hilliards, my father's uh, mom, who took the the name of her her, um, her husband after after her first husband. So Grandma Hilliard made a uh, potato soup recipe that was uh, so kind of sliced up potatoes, a little milk, a little, mar- little butter, and dumplings. So I made that in ho- <laughs> on, on, on Sunday, the playoff game, and hoping to poison Melissa and also um, you know, win that game. Uh, Grandma Hilliard was the, the, the genesis of kind of my Steelers fandom. She would send me, she would send me to... Um, I used to say when I was a kid, I was like, you know, Grandma, I appreciate you know that you know, the Steelers and everything, but I, you know, everyone around here is Browns or Bengals fans, and growing up in Lima, Ohio, and she would, she and I don't see much news about them or anything else. She would send me clippings of Steelers games uh, from or st- clippings of the newspaper. I remember you getting those in college. Yep, she sent them to me right up until I was in Iraq, and she she actually passed away. And the mail was so slow there that after I had received news of her passing that I would still got clippings from about oh, the wow. Penguins and the Steelers after she had passed. So and she was she was clipping them out of the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. I don't know about you, but like when my my grandmother used to do the same thing, my dad's mom, but like she always had the scissors that had like the the jagged cut things. Like did, did your grandmother <laughs> yeah. do that? Like I don't know yeah. why. Like she was I, scrapbooker from way back. <laughs> I mean, she would always use that like jagged cut scissor thing. <laughs> yeah. I probably received a few like that, but yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I burned that. The, I'm still recovering from this. I have gum gum burns from the the roof of my mouth from that potato soup that I cooked this last. Just because it was just temperature was hot, so hot, and I couldn't wait to eat it. It was just a, a reminder of my childhood and grandma and my dad. Whenever it was dad's turn to cook, we had potato soup, and I hated it as a kid. It was like Ralphie's like red cabbage or whatever it was on on christmas story i hated it and uh i actually really really like it now it's a great it's a great recipe I'll all right well, I, I got i'll take back my peppers oh, i got a, <clears throat> i got a good answer now when we were in college we'd we'd weigh in usually the night before a wrestling match or tournament and our coach would take us to dino's oh. in collinwood oh. and we'd all you know you just cut weight you maybe lost six or seven pounds that day you go to dino's they bring out the hottest pizza right out of the oven. And what would you do every single time? Just take dist- a bite of it and just destroy oh, yeah. the roof of your mouth. Because you, you haven't eaten in like three days, and it's the first food put in front of you, and it's piping, piping hot pizza. Just imagine, yeah, the the plumbing in the dorms room, keep, keep, <laughs> keeping up with that. Oh, then we ate some meatballs and some chicken parm and some cavadels. And, yeah. That was great. Yeah, that was fantastic. Oh. That was one of my favorite things about John Carroll University, for sure. All right, all right. Well done, guys. Okay, number two. What's the weirdest thing I have ever pissed on? Um, I'll start. <laughs> I would have oh, to say geez. that from my recollection, there was a time in college that you may have been dating a girl. She may or may not have been named Insane Elaine. Clinic- clinically insane. <laughs> that that has that- never been proven, but I... Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, you know, unfortunately for Elaine's sake, she was probably very normal. 
Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You also dated a girl named Cuckoo Canal. <laughs> Isn't it funny how all my ex-girlfriends end up, they're crazy. Um, Stahl, do you think you, maybe you're the one with some hang-ups here? No, no, these girls turns are out, nuts. It had to be the turns girls. Turns out the girls are all crazy. <laughs> anyway, before I get in more trouble, there was a time I think you and Elaine maybe went out for, yep. for an evening. And you, you know, you decided after the night was through, like, let's go back and just snuggle, go to sleep. And I think you did. And I remember you telling me at one point you woke up to her yelling at you saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? (laughs) And you were standing in front of her desk, pants down, urinating all over her textbooks. I am not allowed to answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I can verify that story. I heard that from <laughs> Elaine, I think, the next day. <laughs> you had a psychology class with her, and her book smelled like piss. <laughs> yeah, I was... Yeah. I, I, I smell that. I think e- easy, easy sign. Usually these five questions, we just make up an answer, but that one, you can't top that. That's just, no, that's that's just too good of a story. All right, number three. I will no, not. you didn't even answer, Shane. That's, I can't top that. That's the number one, that's the number one answer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't reply, but I would say that's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Okay, number three. What's the worst thing my parents have ever caught me doing? <laughs> oh, oh, there's so many different things I can think of. But Shane, I'll let you start. Yeah, I mean, the funny part is we know so many stories about <laughs> Stall that I can give I can give actual real answers to to most of these. Yeah, I mean. But Thing. I think this is also one that, like, when when you and I both answer, like, we're gonna probably let Stahl have a have a crack at it. Okay. All right. So I'll let I'll let you tell something that really happened. So, well, if you know something that really happened, all right, Mike, hit us with number three. What's the worst thing my parents have ever caught me doing? I know where I want to go with this. <laughs> I would just go with it then. Yeah, go with it. They, no, no one's listening. I'm sure. Car- I'm sure Carol's not listening. Yeah, Carol caught you in your room by yourself with a, a magazine of sorts under the covers. I think I can tell like three great stories off of just this one question. I won't. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sure she's caught you. Yeah, I go with that. Okay, fair enough. Um, I don't know if it's the worst thing your parents ever caught you doing, but like one of the ones that like sticks in my mind is a funny incident. You you were in high school and you you know your high school girlfriend maybe maybe she I don't know maybe she was in college at that time whatever she slept over you know you guys got up she she went her on her way the next day and then I just remember like you going to work you coming home and your dad like holding a pair of g-strings like in his hand or a thong or whatever and he's like mike <laughs> like i don't even know what he said mike but it was it was basically like here you might want to give this back to your lady yeah. friend or something like yeah, that. yeah i think yeah i think he you know in his kind of dry wry way of saying things like hey i think uh i think your girlfriend left something behind here <laughs> all right yeah, so wadded up uh <laughs> ball of of panties that would, had slipped into the crack and and, and I, I'll go back and talk to her and I'm like, did you really like leave with no panties on? Like, I mean, do like a wow, you know, do a little check before you yeah, leave. Check, check, and make sure you got everything. You had keys and a wallet. And oh, I'm not wearing underwear. Like, uh, you know, hey, it's probably something you kind of double check. Yeah. On. All right, Mike. I mean, Shane and I probably like hit the tip of the iceberg here. What do you? What do you? I mean, is there something that we missed? 
Uh, well, yeah. So the <laughs> there's also the um, so I had just gotten really into kind of discovering myself and my adolescence. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I thought I was completely in the clear. We had an attic that was. You guys might have. Ever I remember been up be, in the because attic, I remember yeah. your mom catching me in the attic at one point. <laughs> right, that's all. That's a different story. Whole another story. I, I was with another person though. <laughs> but I was sort of just discovering my adolescence and um, had kind of kind of developed up uh, kind of a uh, kind of a beat shack up there with with it's every routine every every penthouse and house star magazine that david had left behind as he went off to toledo in college and then and then you know i i made no secret of it i mean i had like i had like um you know socks that you could you would have to karate chop in half you could you could break them in half. Oh. and i had there's like, like do not disturb i had everywhere. i had lotions and lubricants kind of all over that room and you, you were really ahead of the time <laughs> and my mom like one day at the dinner table i don't even know how it comes up but my mom says like yeah well michael's got quite a quite a quite a shack up there in the attic <laughs> Yeah, well, the cat's out, cat's out of the bag. I mean, am I okay to am I okay to masturbate up there? Um, the other time was my sister Jody, and I was I was much older at this time. But my sister Jody was back home uh, visiting, um, and she was she was out of college. I was in high school, and I was working at the Andersons. Well, we we go to like an after work party, and I I I, I bring a young lady back. To the attic, <laughs> which to has the, to the beach shack. <laughs> to the yeah, this is. This There's is, all sorts of lubricants already there. <laughs> well, no, I mean, and 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 she and I were kind of an uh, interest at that point. Well, the thing I wasn't used to is my parent. You know, my parents would go to bed at like seven thirty, eight o'clock at right, night. Right. I come home and I entertain this lady until the, <laughs> until, until the, the wee hours. The wee hours, of the morning, and uh, Jody, my sister, the next day, like in the morning, we're having breakfast we're all in the kitchen it's like yeah mike uh what were you up to last is this night? girl is the girl still there or no she left no she had left uh you know pretty standard like right. come down the stairs sneak walk out of shame out. Sure. <laughs> uh, mike uh hey, were you entertaining some guests uh pretty late last night i don't understand <laughs> and uh i it turns out i had been and, uh, yeah all right well good stuff what's what do we got for number was it four are we on or number four we're on yeah we uh, we'll get going here what's my secret obsession that no one knows about hmm, hmm. this is another question that shane came up with so i'm hoping he's got an answer but he'll probably just say hot peppers again um yeah hot, loves he loves hot peppers hot peppers next question what do you you got anything jim all right to go secret first. obsession i don't know i think mike has been doing some renovations at the new house and he's secretly obsessed with being like a handyman but not really knowing exactly what he needs to be doing and he's probably youtubes a lot about like how to do different tasks and do different things and sometimes it works out great and other times maybe he gets himself a little bit in over his head that would be my guess and keeping with this being today today's five questions be a little bit of truth behind all of them okay. and not just completely made up mike's oh not- and oh and masturbating in porn sorry oh <laughs> yeah of course, obviously very well mike's not so secret obsession 
uh, looking at himself every single time he walks by a mirror. Yeah, that's true. That's with totally a little true. bit of a flex every single time. Yeah. I would say, yeah, that's uh, I'd say back in my younger days when I was worth looking at, maybe, yeah. Well, we all lived together uh, a little, yeah, our junior a year of college. There's you walk by where like the bedrooms and the bathroom were. There was a mirror kind of at the end of that hallway. <laughs> Every I, single time I he walked by there, he would check himself he, out. He may have invented the duck face too. <laughs> I think like that was a thing. It was right when like Zoolander was probably still a thing. I don't yeah. even know. And he would he would do that. Now, now that you mention it, Shane, I think that's a legit legit answer. Yeah, that's pr- probably pretty accurate. I will say, in my older age, I, I avoid mirrors at all costs. <laughs> Okay, number five. What Star Wars character would I be, and who would be my love interest? This is this is deep. This wow. is a two-parter. You got got a freebie here. This is. Six I mean, questions. I wrote this one because I know Mike has loved Star Wars since he was just a little guy. I gotta believe, just knowing Mike and knowing his love for Star Wars, like his ideal self would probably be Han Solo. I would have to imagine. And as far as the love interest goes. I was trying to think, like, how many different, like, ladies have played major roles in the Star Wars series? You know, you have Princess Leia. You Ren. have uh, Ren. A Ren. Natu- or no. natural fit for Is Han it Ren? Or who's who's the girl now? Uh, Ray. 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 Mm-hmm. Who's, you know. And then there was, like, the only other one I could think of was... Um, Joe Spiller is going to fact check this whole thing, so we don't have to worry about... Like, yeah, that's true. But the only other person I could think of was... Um, who was in like the early episodes? Well, who did who, Natalie Portman? Natalie play? Portman. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember the prequels. Her, yeah. I don't remember her character. She was like a princess of some sort. Can we get side note? Tony yeah. Brunetti, hottest girl bracket. We need to get him on. Explain True. that situation, and then <laughs> and then talk about how that how that unfolded. Yeah, I think, at I think that's that's a that's a that's a whole another thing we need to get into. Okay. I'm gonna have to say, Stahl first fell in love with the Star Wars product in the 80s princess leia was the lady he would be han his love interest would be princess leia i know that i feel like it's a little bit of a cop out but that's where i'm going with that shane's knowledge of star wars is not that great so no i think like i think he's gotten better i've gotten better i've I've seen i've seen all the movies okay yeah um that's my knowledge i've seen all of the movies (laughs) i just think at least once i just (laughs) what i'm thinking back to is when the idea of the prequels came out and we had you know whatever g of internet that would creep into our dorm rooms larry you steinmetz all of us would download the trailer for that movie after we got back home and like watch it and like well, you couldn't, just, you couldn't, you couldn't awesome. just like watch it you had to like download a whole file to watch exactly. it. yeah like yeah, hours right. to get like yeah. a two and a half minute like trailer and we would watch that. And we need to also, so not, since you were talking about things we need to talk about, I think talking about the tale of the tape is another thing that needs to t- get talked about. <laughs> that's, a, that's another great one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Tale of the tape. Right there. I'm that making down. a note. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say whatever. Like, so the, the Natalie, Natalie Portman character, just because she's ridiculously hot. Fair. Yeah. No, absolutely. Does she have a love interest, though? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Was it absolutely. Anakin Skywalker? Was it Anakin? Yeah, I was sure. going to guess that, but I thought I'd sound stupid because I was going to be way off. I always thought but... her and Jar Jar might have had something on the side. I mean, I think Jar Jar's probably got something that we don't know about. Yeah. I mean, his tongue's probably pretty long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least yeah. might like that. I Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. I would say I, I would 
absolutely love to be associated with Han Solo, but I would also say that uh, Princess Leia, uh, Return of the Jedi, in uh, Jabba the Hutt's uh, oh, yeah, lair yeah, yeah. there. Uh huh. I know what you're talking about. Hot. Yeah. Carrie Fisher. All <laughs> that was her peak. Yeah, it, absolutely. It only went one direction after before that. the vodka and everything else. Yeah, I think Ray's pretty, pretty darn good looking. Though. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. It's just a weird kind of um, weird kind of dynamic. If if uh, Han Solo were to be my my character, it's the kind of you know my my one of my good buddies' daughter. You know, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. But you know we're, we're talking in the Star Wars universe, which there's a lot of crazy stuff happens. So, which what is going? I I yeah, I've had maybe a couple too many sweet waters, but I don't even know that that's not Luke's daughter. I don't no, think so. No. no, it has something to do with the Emperor. She somehow related Palpatine. to Palpatine and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. See, I, I know. Something. Forgive us, Larry. <laughs> For we have sinned. For we have sinned against the Great Force. Well, I think that wraps it up, guys. Um, another another interesting podcast. Covered a lot of things. Drank a couple good beers. Talked about the demise of the Steelers and the dark side. I think for a little bit, which I like to basically might link, be, link might those be synonymous for for the Cleveland Browns fans. Yeah, and yeah, uh, you know, we're looking forward to another week, and we hope to see you guys all very soon. Might can be, I, might can be a I couple get predictions? Weeks. Can I get predictions for the Chiefs Browns games? I mean, come no, on, guys. no, that's good. Just give a prediction, Shane. All right, if the Browns are going to win, it's going to have to be high scoring. I'm going to go uh, 38 33. Browns. Browns 48, Chiefs 45 in an insane game, and Cleveland will burn down. I feel like we're like the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, you guys go to the AFC Championship game. Could you imagine? That'd be pretty phenomenal. And then I, I think, well, how fun would that be if it was? How fun would it be? Either scenario, Ravens Browns, Bills Browns. That'd be fun either way, right? Uh, yeah. I think the only path of redemption for the Browns is they somehow come up with a victory this week, and then they go to Baltimore next week, beat the Ravens, and then go Super to the Bowl. Super Bowl. I mean that, that. I mean, obviously, we're talking like Could Browns you, fan <laughs> best case scenario. How crazy is that? Insanity. The, the fifth and sixth. The fifth team. See, the fifth seed is going to hold a home game next week. That'd be pretty great. Yeah, that'd be great. I just think it shows how much how good the AFC is right now. I mean, NFC, the AFC North. Yeah, period. AFC North <laughs> is tough. Obviously, I mean, and the AFC in general is great. I mean, in NFC, you got, I think, the Packers, Bucks, and Saints are like legitimate contenders and whatever. This has been a great podcast. We got to end it. We love all you guys. Please listen, like us, all that stuff. Mike, play us out. Or don't. <laughs> it was 1950 in the cold and rain When my father took me to my very first game Said the Browns are gonna show you how to game